We want to welcome you to the New Song Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Colorado Springs. We love receiving your prayer requests and comments at newsongcs.com. Thanks for listening as Pastor Stephen Hibden shares an encouraging word of God's love. they were called new song or not i hope he wouldn't say it to us but um he sent he he wrote some letters to seven churches and this is one of them and i believe it's in the bible because it's a reminder to us of how we must live and it's found in revelation chapter 3 verse 15 it says this i know i know that you are neither hot nor cold or you're neither cold nor hot i wish you were either one of the other so because you're lukewarm neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. I told you it's very, very encouraging, isn't it? You say I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. In other words, you say I'm an American. I got everything I need. I come to church like once every three weeks because that's about all I need of Jesus because I got everything. Um, I don't need a thing, but you do not realize that you're actually wretched, pitiful, poor, 
You're blind and you're naked. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Then God says to the people, I counsel you, come to me, man. Buy gold from me. It's refined in the fire. It's not gold. It's not talking about gold. Come to me and find your fulfillment. Find your satisfaction. Find what you're looking for. Find what you're missing. We look at how we look to our house. We look to our rent. We look to um, our car. We look to our kids to find what we're missing. We look to all kinds of places. We look to our looks. We look to the mirror. We look to our diets. We look to money. We look to every place to find what we need. And God says, I'm here. I counsel you. I, I bring counsel to you. The Holy Spirit is the wonderful counselor. It actually means that as well. I counsel you to buy gold from me, refined by the fire. You'll be rich if you do. White clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness. All right. That's enough discouragement, right? He says that all in this context of um, you're a bunch of losers, I guess. I don't know. I don't think he's saying that. Because just about two verses later, to skip to verse 20, he goes on to say... Um, Right back to verse 20. It was right there. Keep going. No, um, Revelation 3.20. Oh, there it is. Here I am. Right after he said all that, he goes, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. I, 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 I put right in the middle of that still. I still stand at the door of your heart and knock. If anyone hears my voice... And opens the door, I will come in and hang out with you for a minute. And then I have to leave because I got a lot to do. I got a lot of people to see. No, he says, I'll like literally come and eat with you. I'll hang out with you. His point is, I'll come fellowship with you. I'll come be with you. I don't have another place I got to be. You know, when people, you know, they got to be somewhere else. I, they just quickly and then they move on. God says, I want to just, I want to just be with you. Not for the, not for till, till noon on or 11 15, uh, 11.30 on a Sunday morning, but I want to just, I'll be with you. I'm, I'm knocking. I'm knocking. And I used to take this as, um, this is for those who are brand new Christians, or that, that aren't Christians yet, that don't know Jesus. And Jeff Miller pointed this out in our council meeting the other day. This is not speaking to, to, um, to non-believers. It's speaking to us. Usually the Bible's talking to us the hypocrites that go to church and then do their thing and then come. He'd rather you be cold or hot, not lukewarm, right? And um, and he's talking to us. And I think it's not about, um, oh, come ask Jesus into your heart. Ask him into your heart. Then you go to heaven. It's not this, that's not what this verse is talking about. Don't raise your hand, but how many have asked Jesus to be a part of your life? I know what as a kid they called it, asking him into your heart. You know, your heart's dirty, it's black. You bring him in, his blood turns you, your heart red, and then it turns white because you're clean. That's the way it was explained to me. And yes, that is the major, that's of major importance. But then after that, um, there's something more. He's still, this is about those who have already got past that, and then he's knocking. He's still knocking, and he's asking you to let him in, to do more. 
Before we go any further, I think that we need to let you, if you're not never asked Jesus to be a part of your life, you're not serving him right now currently. They call it backsliding. I don't know what it is. Maybe you're backsliding, you're, you're serving your own stuff. You need to get back to God. There's some of us, believe it or not, in, in this country, United States, that have never asked Jesus to be a part of your life. Just with your eyes closed, your heads bowed, because this is a, this is a first-time step for some of you, so it, it's, it doesn't, we don't ever need to be looking around. You don't have very much courage for this, so I want it to be private. But you and God, just you and God, you just raise your hand and say, God, I need you in my life. I need you to come into my heart. I need you to make me clean. I need you to make, and I have another point I'm making today, but this, we got to get this out of the way first. Yep, God sees your hand. Yep, he sees your hand. Just put it up and put it right back down again. Amen, amen. Lord, we, you see these hands, and we just say a prayer. Would you just say it quietly in your heart to God as I say it? Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. I know that you're real. I've not put you where you need to be in my life. I want to put you first. Come into my, so to speak, soul. <laughs> it's messy. It's messy, but could you come in and clean it out? Be real in my life, in Jesus' name. Amen. I say that to say this, that, that when he's knocking, he's talking to us as believers. And we settle for, we settle for, um, Lord, forgive me of my sin today. Thank you for being in my life. Uh, help me. Traveling mercies as I go to work and be with my kids today as they go to school. Amen. And we say amen, and we shouldn't say amen. And maybe we don't have time to say any more than that, and that's fine. But we're just on the body level when you pray like that. And the Holy Spirit's knocking on the door. And he said, what did it say? It says that he, um, if you hear, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, opens the door, I will come in and hang out with you. God wants to move you from a place of praying in the body to praying in the soul, like deeper, a deeper prayer, or you start to hear him, you start to sense him. You might even get to a place in that kind of prayer. We're talking about intimacy. Maybe you'd rather not hear about this, but you're here today and it was on purpose that you showed up because he wants to, he wants to, he's saying he's calling you to a deeper spot with him. He's calling you to a deeper level of intimacy. You say, oh, I, I don't know why I just can't um, walk my day in victory. I don't, I don't have victory when I, I, I pray every morning. I pray like uh, for like nine seconds. And I don't know what happens. Maybe some of you pray for an hour. Doesn't mean that you're better than the nine second prayer because some of you are praying for an hour in your body. You're praying. I've never said that that way ever before, praying in your body. It, I just mean you're praying surface prayer. 
And that there's a place for that. We're supposed to come into the outer courts of the temple. You read the Old Testament. Everything about the Old Testament is about the New Testament. It's prophesying what, what, God's gonna, what God does in our lives later. But in the Old Testament, they had the outer court. And all kinds of stuff took place out there. For hours, people brought their animals and they brought their sacrifices and they confessed their sin. They asked the priest, hey, could you pray for me? I got a job interview this week. I need this. Hey, my kid's got the flu. Hey, my kid's got the flu too. Hey, my kid's got the flu too. Hey, kid, my, you know, we have all of our requests. And then we go, we go back our way and we say, I don't feel like I sense God's presence today. I was... Well, you were in the outer courts just asking, just requesting, all that. He loves it. He loves our requests. When your kids come to you, when they ask you to, when they ask you for stuff, you don't, usually you don't mind giving it to them. But if every Friday, if I give my kids $5 for their, like, fun lunch, like they get to spend it on candy or whatever they want to, if they never um, have a relationship with me, they've missed it. Reagan, you missed it. <laughs> no, just kidding. There, there's, there's a relationship there. And there's more than just the asking. There's this next level of like hanging out. Like you just hang out with them. You just hang out with them. And you, they just love you and you love them. And you don't have, they don't have to tell you. I don't have to tell them. But you do. You, sometimes you do that back and forth. You tell them you love them. And then there's this communion that you have with each other. I don't know if it goes deeper than that with the, with the kids, you know, with your kids. I don't know if it goes to the spirit level with them, or but then maybe it's the soul level. I spent a time with Reagan last night. I told I, I think this sermon's way better than what I was going to preach because God just sets it up. And sorry that, that, don't judge me on that. I was just thinking in my head. I say things out loud. Sometimes I shouldn't say it. But, um, you know, just last night we were communing together. Reagan and I, we went to a dance, and we were dancing, and uh, there's a lot of, like, weird father and daughter dancing, and they were, like, really serious, but we weren't that serious, but we were hanging out, and we were, like, having fun, and um, I just say that the, to say this, God is our father, and you're his kids, and don't stay on the asking mode, the that level of just, oh, give me traveling mercies. Oh, dear Lord, I come to you. Don't settle for coming to church for an attendance. Don't settle for coming to church to get your word in so you can get home. Because you know what happens? The word, you, you get the word and you take it home and then you, often it's just gone like in like two days. <laughs> You've forgotten it. You didn't take any notes. Some of you are so sinful. You never take notes on what I say. No. Um, what I mean is, it, this is just an encouraging word on a Sunday. You're supposed to be, be encouraged every day. The, the, the intimacy doesn't come through the word, through the preaching. It comes through the worship. comes through your worship. And some of you might even come in after the worship, and I say, oh, what a waste of time. That was like a waste of your time. You came in for the worst part. God wants to commune with you. I just want to ask you, when was the last time that you that you worshiped and you just forgot about what was going on. You forgot about what you were wearing. You forgot about what you were doing. You forgot about your needs and you just worshiped him. I asked a question here. I said, um, 
when was the last time you worshiped till tears started running down your face and God began to clean out your heart your body and your soul when was the last time that you worshiped till it didn't matter what people thought it didn't matter what they said about you it didn't matter what you looked like now keep in mind I'm talking about worship context of Sunday morning but just in general not supposed to be just Sunday morning when was the last time you worshiped and it didn't matter who was talking about you it didn't matter any other pri priorities Sounds pretty harsh that he said, I'd rather you be hot or cold, be lukewarm. Jesus loves us. Would you guys sing that song? I hear you playing it, Oh How He Loves Me. You don't have to know it. You don't have to sing it with us, but just let God talk to you right now. He is jealous for me. Love's like a hurricane, I am a tree Bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy
a there's a sickness I think that goes on in the in the church, um, not out in the, outside of the church because they don't know to to fake it. Um, sometimes you need to fake it till you make it, but sometimes we just fake it till we fake it again the next time. And um, the spiritual sickness is this that, and I don't know if they had this problem in Revelation, the church that he was talking to, but it's when we when we um, we worship the blessing and not the blesser. That um, we, we think, oh, we get our blessing, we go home, we get it, and then we need it again because we used it up. We used it up by Monday morning at 7 a.m. It's already gone. I need more. And then we come back, get our next blessing, and we take it for granted the next time. And we don't realize that we're, um, we're seeking a blessing and not the blesser. You know, that the, the um, prodigal son did that. He, he, he left home. He thought it was all about getting the the million bucks and go and do his life but he realized he'd still even after the million bucks that he got he still what the blessing wasn't enough he needed the blesser that's good he needed the blesser he need he didn't know he even needed he said i'll go back i'll go back to my dad i'll be one of his servants i'll get all those blessings i'll still at least have a place to sleep i'll have clothes i'll have food I'll just do that. And he didn't even know. He wasn't going to seek the blesser when he went home. Do you know who the prodigal son is much like? Uh, he's like, he, he represents the loser that doesn't know his father's love. The loser that doesn't know his father's love is us. And, and we, we, we go back to get our blessing. And on his way to get his blessing, he was going to get like um, some food. His dad saw him a long ways off, a long ways off, along the horizon, and he runs to him. He literally runs to his son. He was the king. It was a it made up story that represents Father God to us. And he runs to him and he says, hey, uh, I love you. He hugs him. He kisses him. He hugs him. He kisses him. And, he, and the kid realizes, oh, it's not about the blessing. It's about the blesser. I have my father's love. It didn't matter if his dad, his dad put a ring on his finger. His dad put shoes on his feet. His dad killed the, 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 their, their best, hunt, their, their best uh, animal. And they ate it. And they had the biggest steak they've ever had. But the kid, I know the whole time he was sitting there, it was about sitting at the table with his dad. That's what it was about. It was he, he probably could have taken away all those blessings. But once he figured out his, the blesser, he knew the blesser. It changed everything. It changed everything. And I think when God says in Revelation, I'm, I'm here, counsel, I counsel you to buy gold from me. You're naked right now, and I want you to buy gold from me. I think God sees us like Adam. Like Adam, the very first, nothing has changed in one million years or however long ago Adam was. Someone could tell me later. Joe, you can tell me how long it was when Adam lived on the earth. But you know what? Nothing changed since Adam. He was in the garden. He, things were perfect. He communed with God. He was not in the body level. He was not in the soul level. He was on the spirit level with, with Jesus. Jesus was there then. God was there then. Holy Spirit was there, but Jesus was there. He didn't just get born in Matthew. He, he was born or he was there hanging out with, G, with, with Jesus. And then he wanted more blessing. David wanted, or Adam wanted blessing. So he goes and gets the tree. It was probably the girl that did it. I don't know. He wanted one or the other. It's probably the girl. The guy would never do this. So he went, he got his blessing. And then he realized, I have lost communication with my father because I sinned against him. The thing is, Jesus has never moved 
since then he had a secret place with Adam and then he said oh the secret place is over I can never hang out with my kids anymore no he still desired it he never went away from I want to spend time with my kids it may not be the garden of Eden for you today but he wants a secret place with you he wants a place of intimacy and I can imagine that God, Adam's like hiding right he's hiding in his uh his religion of his ritual of, of seeking blessing. He's hiding in a Sunday morning service and his attendance and his oh I raised my hands at church. He's hiding in his um in his oh everything looks good on the outside and God says Adam, Adam, where are you? Where are you, Adam? God didn't did God knew where he was. Notice Adam wasn't seeking God. This is found in Genesis. You can find it there. He wasn't seeking God. God was seeking him. Jesus was coming after. He was coming after him, and he's looking for him. He says, where are you, Adam? And Adam thinks he's got God fooled. Oh, well, he's never going to find me. You know, I don't want him to see me because I'm naked. Yes, doesn't that scripture say we're naked, we're, rich, we're poor, we're, we're blind? And God says, I see you. Your fig leaves aren't helping. They're not hiding anything. You, you work, you work, you work, you work at making your fig leaves. How long did that take you? It took me all night, God. I worked on this. I found the uh, string from a whatever. I went to Costco. I got it, and I put it together, and I made it. And now I'm, 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 I'm uh, clothed. I'm, like, covered. And Jesus says, no, you don't understand. You're not covered. I still see you. You're wide open. You're naked because you're missing the point. I want to spend time with you. I've, and I've already covered you. I've already got the plan. He's saying that to us. You got to think with me. You know, I've got you covered. I, I died on the cross for your sins. You don't have to stay in the outer courts. You could come in. You can come in and spend time with me. God would say the same to you today. Adam, I see you. Eve, I see you. Don't hide from me. I counsel you to buy from me. Revelation, let's read that again. Revelation chapter 3, uh, verse 17. Or I counsel, uh, right before that, verse 17. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and na naked. But I counsel you to buy from me gold so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness so that you can see. God, we ask for eyes to see. We ask to, 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 to move from a place of ritual, of religion. Now, not all the time we do we make it ritual and religion, but I ask for those, for all of us, all of us do it. And I worship to you. You can sing it. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Thank you, Jesus. Staying with me. We'll be out of here not too long. Spend some time with Jesus. worship him today oh, not to get something don't worship us. him to get something oh, worship him because he's your father he's your father I 
encouraging word for you, someone? I have a word. Um, it, it's because I have uh, studied the book of Revelation and that particular church that was neither hot nor cold to me is the United States of America. We are the richest. We have the most advanced technology. We have the most advanced medical. That's what Jesus was saying. You guys think you're rich because you take from the world the best and you have put out the best and you think, I've made it. And, the, and when he says, buy from me instead, take from me what I offer you. Do not take what you think you've accomplished in technology or what you've accomplished in education or what you have accomplished in capitalism, business, whatever you think you've got it all together. You are poor and pitiful. And then when he talks about the ISAB, they had the most advanced medical going on at the time. And they were selling this stuff everywhere because it was working. It was a good thing that they had. And he takes and he points to the very thing that they had their hope in. And that's us. That's us. We've got it all together. We've got the houses, the cars. Now, this doesn't go for everybody. I understand that. My family wasn't up there all the time. We are comfortable. But as thinking Americans, that's what we think. We've arrived. We got there. And he's saying, you're pitiful because you don't come to the source. And the source is Jesus Christ. He said, buy from me. Take what I have to offer and then tell me that you're rich. Good word. No one wants to clap at that because it's not encouraging. I said you had an encouraging <laughs> word for us. Mm -hmm. Yep, help us, Lord. You know, we're going to talk about in the next few weeks about intimacy and how that, how that looks. Maybe a little bit how to do it, but not really how to do it, but how, just how much God loves us. And I think it, make, it takes you don't have to know that the steps. There's no steps. Oh, do this, this, and this, and then you have intimacy with God. That's it. Good. I can take this right at home. Take it. Take it with me. No. God's gonna. God's gonna probably just say, "Seek me." Next week, He's gonna tell you, "Seek me," and the next week after that, He's gonna seek me because there's another realm you go into after the, uh, like maybe like the asking realm, that we always pray in, and then we go to this, um, maybe this knocking realm. And I've, I've read this somewhere, so it's not, not original with me. But, you know, there's a knocking. And then there's another realm that, you know, there was the holy place. And then there was the holy of holies that you went into. And only the priests got to do that. Now that's different. In the Old Testament, it was only the priests. But because Jesus is our great high priest, he made the way, he made the sacrifice so we could go into that place. And then there's another realm. And it's, I think it's a receiving realm. It's a realm where you just, things just happen. Things just make sense for you. Things just come. And it's not every request, but I think it's what the Bible verse that talks about um, 
seek me and find me. Anything you ask for, it will be given to you. When you're in that realm, you are asking for what God wants because you're just there. You and God, you're just there and you just know what he wants. You don't even pray in that realm. You're almost just like sitting and going, yes, I'm with you, God. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. The Bible talks about Jesus interceding for us, the Holy Spirit. We intercede, prays for us without us even have to pray ourselves. That's that realm. Where, where we're just like agreeing, yeah, he's my help. He's, we're like partnering with God now. This is true intercession. And, and um, yeah, we'll get to there. We'll talk about that. As we close today, we'll, we'll have a couple of business items that we'll do. But um, there's a big um, moment for some of you. I believe that um, teenagers, uh, if you don't give them a, a action step, uh, it doesn't uh, solidify inside them. And the thing is, we're pretty much like teenagers too. And um, some of you need to make a step today. There's a scripture um, that we just read, and I skipped one verse on purpose. I went from Ephesians 3, uh, or I mean, I mean uh, Revelation 3 to, set to 16, and then I went to 20, and knock and seek. And, and right between there, before God knocks, Something happens, has to happen. Verse chapter, chapter 3, Revelation 3, verse 17, it says this. Um, or 19, sorry. Those whom I love, I rebuke. That's what God's been doing today to you. My sister, my brother. I feel it too. I feel a bit of a rebuke from God. Um, it's almost a, oh, it's a discipline. I rebuke and I discipline. Only because I love you. I would never tell Reagan something mean to do because I just don't like her. I love her enough to teach her to do better, right? And God says, those who I love, I rebuke and disciplined, so be earnest. And here is the thing he asks. Before he knocks, repent. Well, I did that when I was five years old when I asked Jesus into my heart. I repented of my sins. And God came in, yes, but repent is the word, turn the other way, turn from your way, and I will hear from heaven. I will heal your land. We need to turn. We need to repent. We need to literally take a, it means a 180, right? It's, it means a complete turnaround and walk the other way. There's no way you're going to give in to that if you're walking this way. Because Jesus starts to draw you and it starts to be um, uh, offensive. It starts to be um, not, oh, I can't, I wish, wish I could do that. I wish I could do that. I wish I could. No, it's, it's. I want this. I want more of you. I want more of you. I want to get closer to you. I want to get closer to you. And then you sense God. This is more of what's happening is God's drawing you himself. How many hate it when you pray and you feel no like connection with God? You feel like he's not even calling you. It's because you're going this way and you're saying, oh, yeah, God, I want you. Would you draw me near to yourself? Doing all our sins, right? That was my sins right there, okay? Whatever your sins are, you're going towards them. And he's like, he's drawing you, but you can't hear him when you're walking. So repent. Would you stand with me today? Then I'm going to have you sit before we close. We're going to sing one song, and maybe it's the same song. I don't know. And um, any revival that happens, and I'm not trying to cause a revival, although that would be wonderful. We need revival. Revival means to quicken your spirit, to wake you up. But revivals didn't happen because of a song called Oh How He Loves Me. It doesn't come because of a hill song. It didn't come from um, uh, Bill Gaither. It didn't, revivals happen because of 
One word, repentance. People turn, they realize, I'm not as good as I thought I was. I would encourage you, everyone in the room, to make a conscious step. And some of you, you're not ready for this, and maybe you're new here, and you're not going to do this. But if, if God is quickening you, he's calling you, it might be faint, it might be faint, but what you're saying, what I said today kind of resonates in your spirit that God's already been speaking this to you. He's already been saying, I'm calling you, I, I want more of you, and you've been like, I'm not satisfied, I wish I had more, where is it coming from? Where do I get it? Um, if he's already calling you, or if he started to call you today, would you just come up here to the altar? There's all kinds of room right here, all the way up to the second row. Open the floodgates of know the hardest part about a leading a church is that it's a ship you know it's not like your little speedboat that you can just turn it on a dime it takes a lot but I know one thing about every one of you that are here today and that is this and I'll close with this yeah I know one thing about every one of you Tell me it's not true or you can tell me. I know it's true because God gave me this word for you. So it's a day of repentance that he's calling you to. He's calling you to a day of a turning, a literal turning from a way that you've done certain things towards God. And he's quickening you to himself. I'm going to show you this next week. But he's quickening you to himself. He's calling you. He's saying, draw near. He's saying, Adam, where are you? I see you. I see you. Where are you? I know where you are. He's calling you. Oh, I'm calling God. I just want to thank God that, you know, I decided to call out to him. That was so, you know, thank you. You know, I gave God my life. No, he's calling you. You might have something to do with it, but very little. He's calling you. And I know that for every person, every man and woman in this room, every kid, every child, he's calling them to himself. Well, you don't know where I'm at. You don't know where I'm at in my walk with God. Yeah, I don't. But I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt, God is calling you to a season of intimacy with him, a season of closeness with him. And he will achieve it if you'll just... Be brave enough to surrender a bit, just a bit. Just watch what he does. Watch what God does. Well, I've seen God move already in my... Yes, that's for you that have seen God move. Yes, he's going to do greater though. You know what's sad is that when us who have been Christians for a long time say, I remember the time when God did this back then. Instead of, I re instead of God does this right now in my life. How many of you hear that, right? I remember the time back in the day when God, oh, I'm so tired of back in the day. Do what we want now. We want now. I promise you, as you seek him, you're not going to have to tell your story from before where God did this at this one church in this one town in this one country, this one conference at this one convention. He's going to 
started if, if the last days if God's really going to move and like save a lot of people it seems like he's got to get get a lot more busy than he is because it seems like it's just getting worse instead of better and supposedly God's spirit is going to pour out and we're just not going to be able to withstand uh, the glory that he gives us and if that's going to happen he's going to have to move on our hearts so we say this prayer you're going to say this with me whether you want to or not you can just stay quiet I'll pray it for you okay Everyone's, everyone's in this together. This is a rebuke. This is a discipline from God. It says, and say this with me. Father God, help me know the words to say. I choose to start a new season of closeness with you. I hear you calling me. I turn from my sin. I turn from my, um, my religiousness. I turn from my ritual. I turn from what I, oh, the way I've always, let me see. I've turned, I turn from the way I've done it. Always done it. Say that. I turn from the way I've always done it. And I seek you as you seek me. I repent. And I say, be real in my life in a new way. In Jesus' name. I'm not going to say amen. Because we say amen too often in the body realm, in the soul realm. And then we think we're done praying. Your life is supposed to be a prayer where you just pray all the time. He's with us. We ask your presence. Would you be seated? You guys can go sit down. And there's a number of you that would say, well, why would you stop a service like this? And there's a number of you that would say the other, why did we have to go on so long? What was this about? This is not what I wanted to do. I know that this is a big ship. And all of us have our opinions and the things that we're dealing with. And, and um, we'll, I promise I will listen to the Holy Spirit and we will do what God wants. But be here for this series. Be here, not for this series, but be here as God speaks to you, okay? Usher, would you come forward? Open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain. Let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain. Let it Thanks for listening today. Remember, God wants to do the impossible through you and me. We encourage you to become a deeper part of what we are doing. Visit us at newsongcs.com and become a giver to the New Song Foundation and an investor in bringing this message of Jesus across the world. God bless you.